you 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 have the radio voice. I don't really. <laughs> I have the radio voice. <laughs> From a decentralized location, this is the Crypto Effect. You know, if, if God had designed a new form of gold in cyberspace, he would have designed Bitcoin. Suppose you could make a lot of money trading freshly harvested baby brains. Would you do it or would you say that's immoral? Blockchain's ability to track financial transactions in a way that is incorruptible. A mathematical formula that nobody owns. Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Effect. The day today is January 25th, 2021, and this is our premiere episode. I'm here with my friend Warren, aka Warbull, and we're going to talk about this past week in crypto. So our first topic of the day is how did we all get started? Um, I'll start off with Warren telling us how he got introduced. Thanks, Brad. Um, yeah, so it, well, basically I've been involved in um, crypto since about the summer of 2014. It was actually kind of funny because I was trying to uh, to buy, I remember some really obscure piece of uh, add-on software for Maya. I remember this, there was this company that was that had uh, written this add-on and they were looking for like one of the payment options was Bitcoin. So it was like, I, I've heard of it, but I don't have any. So I'm like, how do I go about getting Bitcoin? So I actually went on to, uh, I went, I remember I went on eBay and uh, I remember buying, um, I think it may have been a half a Bitcoin at the time. At the time when I bought it, it was around $580. I ended up paying for this specific add-on, I paid like 23 million Satoshis, which if you look at today's rate, that'd be around, be worth around $7,969. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody's got a story like this, but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, $7,900 for this. So that's kind of what got me going with it. And then in 2015, um, I started to, uh, to look into mining a little bit. I remember I, I bought an Antminer S1, which, uh, which produced like a whopping 120 giga hash. Um, but I was mining SHA-256 and I was mining Bitcoin and the difficulty on Bitcoin was super low. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, after that, um, I was like, okay, well, how do these mining pools work? And uh, the mining pools to me were just super interesting. I ended up setting up a uh, stratum mining pool, uh, mining pool for Bitcoin, uh, set up a Litecoin mi mining pool, an audio coin, a peer coin, and, and a bunch of other pools. Mm. Um, and then I had this company, um, it was actually interesting, this company in Europe um, sent me a message on Bitcoin Talk. And uh, because I had my mining pool set up, uh, at the time I was running it under like crypto zero mm -hmm. and, uh, this, so this company reaches out to me and, and this guy's, I thought he was a scammer. He's like, you know, we can, you know, if you're interested in running a mining pool for us, um, on a pre-mine, uh, you know, it could be pretty lucrative. So I set this audio coin mining pool up. I, I had about 11 million audio coin at the time, getting about 400,000 audio coin a day. And at one point they were worth like four cents each. Of course, I sold them because that's what mm -hmm. I usually do. I don't hold on to anything, it seems like. 
um, mm -hmm. and ended up really losing out on an opportunity there. But what I realized is that uh, the mining industry was, it, I think, was where it was at. And I think that's really what sort of catapulted me into getting into like other types of cryptocurrencies. I can mine these things, but then the difficulty on these kept increasing and increasing and increasing. And soon soon the, the equipment that I was using was, was out of date. You know, I moved on. Um, and I continue to follow this technology in space uh, because mm -hmm. it, it's multidisciplinary trading and mining and economic concepts and encryption and computer science concepts and security. And to me, it's one of the few fields where like you have all that stuff all combined into one. The thing I think is going to be most exciting going forward is, the, is in the future of finance is going to be DeFi. The DeFi aspect of it is is super exciting. And I think that eventually that's, you know, I think that's where banking is going. And that's what keeps me interested. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's quite detailed. I mean, that's a lot more uh, than I can say uh, for myself. Um, you know, what did you say? You, you said you, you discovered it in 2014 or 2013? Uh, 2014. 2014. When I started, yeah. Mm. Mm, okay, well, so how I got uh, involved in crypto, um, uh, not quite as detailed as, the, as that. You have a lot more um, involvement in, in, you know, digging into the aspect of it and then the mining of it and really the community of it, uh, which is what drove a lot of people into it was the community of it. Um, uh, just the people that surrounded it and the, the uh, aspect of its, you know, uh, decentralization. People love that. And that's, you know, uh, more and more popular today is, is that's what's still driving as the decentralization, I think. But um, for it me, how I got into it was, uh, you know, I'm an amateur investor. I've been an investor since uh, as, uh, probably since 1999 or year 2000. I think, I, you know, I kind of got into it in college. Um, and my teachers were always pushing for uh, you know, investing in hedge funds and, and ETFs and all, all different kinds of things. So, um, you know, I dabbled in that for most of my life. Um, and I'd say, uh, you know, at some point, you know, around 2013, 2014 is when um, the investing community, uh, not necessarily the crypto community, but the investment community kind of, it came up, uh, you know, uh, on that aspect, they, you know, the, uh, some of the big hedge fund guys and, and the Wall Street um, investment firms, they started discovering uh, crypto, probably because of the Winklevosses, I'd imagine, you know, they mm -hmm. uh, brought a lot of popularity to it, I feel like in 2012 and 2013. Um, so, you know, uh, as an investor, uh, I saw uh, crypto coming up and, and I saw its potential. Um, but unfortunately, I did what a lot of people did, and I listened to uh, some of the big, uh, you know, uh, gurus, I guess you might say, who were saying that uh, crypto was a bubble and it wasn't going to go anywhere and it wasn't going to do anything. Um, and, you know, this is back when it was two, three hundred dollars each for for the Bitcoin itself. And so. Um, you know, I took a cautious approach and, uh, for several years I, I watched and I didn't touch, I didn't touch it, uh, you know, until about 2018, 2019, when, um, easier ways to purchase came around, you know, and I, you don't have to go through so many hoops. You could simply sign up with, um, you know, an exchange account, uh, like Coinbase 
and buy small amounts. And of course, even when I did that, I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, so I think that was a big problem was, yeah, I've got this Bitcoin and, and I can trade it. Um, but I feel like that's really all I can do. What's where's my value in this? Um, and so, you know, and that's pretty much all I did was trade it uh, back and forth. And, and, and I did it just a few times, um, not enough to uh, make uh, a serious amount of money. Um, but that's what brought me into it. And, and then, of course, within this last, uh, you know, year, year and a half, uh, the attention to it has really been brought on um, because of the first first the increase in 2017, 2018, where it jumped to, uh, uh, you know, enormous, you know, amounts, uh, you know, I think highs of $20,000 back then and then dropping back down. When that happened, um, I took enormous interest in it and have been watching it very closely ever since, um, kind of, you know, looking for buying opportunities and things like that. And only within this last year and a half or so, uh, actually um, been investing in it. So I'm, I'm what you call it, I guess, the hodlers. I, you know, I, I purchased a hold uh, and that's pretty much where I am at this point. Yeah, I really don't, I, I'm really not much of a trader myself. I, um, at least now I, I've kind of moved in that direction as well. I do agree. I think that a lot of the, uh, you know, we'll call, we'll call them big investors. Um, Max Kaiser back in 2011 was mentioning, you know, Bitcoin and was saying, you know, this thing is going to be big. And, and I believe he even tried to get his, you know, some of his co-investors and, and people he was uh, familiar with involved in it. And they just didn't mm -hmm. take it seriously. You know, they were like, ah, this isn't going anywhere. So yeah. it, it's funny. You had that, there was that mentality. It was like, but I think that was common, you know, it was common. And, and we're only talking about, you know, we're talking like a decade ago, not even a decade ago. The internet had the same effect, especially on uh, some of the bigger, um, you know, firms like uh, Wall Street firms and big, you know, all, all the big guys were all saying the internet was going to be a fad and was going to go away. And it's almost comical uh, to, to know what it's come, you know, to today, the internet, uh, and mm -hmm. it, knowing that there's no way this could have ever been just a fad, this was a thing and people didn't realize its value. Um, and I think people are actually starting to understand it enough, uh, today to realize what it's going to be in the future. People are saying, Hey, I missed the Amazon thing. I missed the Google thing. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't invest in those. Um, right. and I that's think what this is, yeah, I think this, this is the opportunity, you know, this is the opportunity for people to do that. Some of the news and events, you know, that we kind of looked at, at the, in this past week. So one of the things that caught my attention was the uh, uh, the Grayscale uh, continuing to buy up Bitcoin and uh, they continue to add Bitcoin to their assets under management. So on January 18th, Grayscale added another 590 million more in Bitcoin. Um, in prior week, it was a 700 million addition of Bitcoin. It, um, and that's just one example of uh, big institutional investors. So 16,000 Bitcoin was added, which is the equivalent of 18 days of new coins being mined, which is just mm. absolutely insane. That's nine, that's 900 Bitcoin per day. But the thing that's interesting is that Grayscale is actually scooping this stuff up before it even hits the exchanges. They're actually going directly to the mining companies and they're buying it from them directly. So, so a lot of this Bitcoin isn't even able to hit the exchanges. So over the last 30 days, it was 60,000 Bitcoin 
which is more than two months of mining. And the trust and the grayscale trust was closed for three weeks. So it's just amazing to me of what Grayscale is acquiring. And people, you know, people see like a $3,000 drop or a $4,000 drop. You have these, uh, these institutional investors that are waiting for the shakeout and they're buying these dips. Um, so yeah. that's exactly what's happening. And, uh, and I think we're going to continue to see it. My question really is, will we see Grayscale scoop up Ethereum in the same incredible rate? Um, yeah, that's a good question. But I think it's going to be over the course of year, a couple of years before that really happens. Um, right now, it's sort of the, you know, you've got companies like like Grayscale and uh, MicroStrategy. Micro um, MicroStrategy is buying up a lot of Bitcoin. Actually, I think I would almost argue that MicroStrategy started the ball rolling on this. And, you know, these guys are just going to continue to buy it. So if, if they continue to buy Bitcoin as a store of value, uh, Michael Saylor's argument is, hey, I'm buying this as a store of value, and this is my way to hedge inflation. And that's why we're seeing, you know, we're seeing these subtle drops, but we're not seeing drops like we saw from, you know, in 2017, where mm -hmm. we saw that $20,000 you know, all time high. And then all of a sudden a year later, we saw it drop all the way back down to 10,000 and then all and eventually settled around 4,000. So I don't think mm -hmm. we're going to see that. I, I think we're going to continue to see it drop, you know, maybe 5% and then you're going to have institutional investors scoop the remainder up. Why do you think, why are they scooping this up? Do you think, why are they wanting to, to buy so much of this stuff? Is it to hold and control the market? Is it to keep the price of Bitcoin stabilized? Why do, you, why do you think they're buying so much? Well, I think the biggest reason they're buying it specifically as a hedge against inflation. Um, I think a lot of these companies now are looking at it as the digital gold. Um, mm -hmm. And they're saying, if we, if we hold this asset, because let's, let's remember, you know, Bitcoin's got a finite amount it's mm -hmm. 21 million that's ever going to exist in circulation. How much money this year and in the past 10 years has been printed in fiat? So mm -hmm. Bitcoin actually has that has that finite number. And I think that's one of the driving factors behind companies investing in it. You know, what's what also found interesting and what I'm going to keep an eye on, Grayscale Investments. Grayscale is now saying, or they applied with the SEC to, to list or to invest uh, in Chainlink. Also on that list was BAT, which currently sits at about 33 cents. Mm -hmm. um, Decentraland, which sits at 15 cents. Uh, LPT, which sits at $3.76, and Tezos sitting at $3.04. Yeah, I think so too. I, I keep hearing Chainlink. Chainlink is, was not on my radar for a long, long time until in the last, I would say, like three months, maybe. I keep hearing it circle the communities. Um, so there's something going on. Anytime you're listening and you see the same YouTube video and you see the same podcast, and one crypto keeps popping up, uh, you know, besides Bitcoin, um, there's definitely something going on. There's uh, there's some sort of, uh, you know, secret going around where people are, are talking about a possible big scoop up or there's a new project coming along. So I keep hearing Chainlink. That's probably one I'm going to be investing in here shortly. Well, with the boom um, in DeFi, summer of 2020, DeFi just exploded. Um, but Chainlink is, because it's providing an Oracle service, it, it is the, it's the way to, uh, to allow DeFi projects to say, um, we need truly randomized numbers um, that we can trust. 
so think sports books, um, mm-hmm. think, think online casinos, uh, things like that, you know, so Chainlink is providing this valuable service to these uh, decentralized applications. And it continues to grow, by the way. It seems like every single week, Chainlink is announcing that they're integrating their, their Oracle services in more and more projects. So dang, we, you know, we want to jump on this early. And, uh, I, and that's why I'm going to keep my eye on that one. So what, so are they, what are, what are they looking for in projects then whenever they're looking at Chainlink, what, what's grabbing their attention? Is it the community or is it the, the popularity of it? Or is there something uniform within the, the DeFi itself that's causing, that's creating them this interest? Is it just because it's got a large market cap and, and, or, or just because of the, the use of it and its popularity? What, well, do you, think, what do you think they're wanting this? Yeah, so I, so I really think that uh, the reason they're specifically looking at Chainlink is because of the Oracle part of it. I think that what they're doing is they're seeing that and they're saying, okay, this trend is not going away. But how is the, how are these decentralized applications getting their data? Um, you know, what what's driving their value? Um, <sighs> what data is driving their value? And I think that's one of the reasons that why Chainlink is is being looked at by by big institutional investors like Grayscale, because that data is the important part. You know, there's 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 Ocean Protocol, which is another mm-hmm. super important protocol and another important projects I think that you're going to see more about because people have the ability to put their data on the blockchain in a secure way. Um, so it's it's these companies, um, you know, that I think are going to have the spotlight on them in 2021, 2022, and so on. is going to be the, the companies that can truly tap into the, the mm-hmm. data piece of it and provide it in a meaningful way. I really think that's where things are going to be headed. The other thing that caught my attention, uh, and Ethereum hit its all-time high, of course, this past week, as proof mm-hmm. of stake really takes off. Yeah, I mean, Ethereum uh, uh, currently right now, today, uh, you know, it hit its all-time high. I think it was this afternoon around uh, noon, and it hit it at uh, fourteen seventy-five um, before coming right back down to fourteen twenty-five. And then slowly uh, over the day, um, it's been dipping down below thir- uh, below thirteen hundred. Um, and just since we've been talking, it's jumped from thirteen hundred to thirteen seventy. And what I've been hearing is is that once we've bre- you know once we everyone keeps talking about Ethereum, and I I know it's the number two coin, so it's it's going to be one of the the most looked at, especially by by institutional investors, I think. So it's it's probably the next to go if there is one that's uh, really going to to jump uh, as well as Bitcoin has. Um, but everyone's just been waiting for this all time high. And I think that's where my interests are is is, is moved a lot into an Ethereum um, because these predictions coming out are are just astronomical. Uh, the prices that are being uh, said that we're going to reach, you know, as high as 20 to 30, 40, $50,000 uh, where it's current prices, just over a thousand. So uh, th- this is one that I've got my eyes on. I'm, I'm watching it very close for sure. Yeah. So buy now. <laughs> buy now. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything below 1300. I actually, I, I dip my fingers in a little bit. I just, I just take little bites. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit, you know, there was that 900 dip, uh, not 900 dip, but it got down to 900 um, about a week ago. Uh, and I missed that opportunity and, and it didn't even take a, it didn't even take several hours and it was already back up to 12, 1300. So uh, there's definitely some resistance 
so we may not see it get back down. It may just continue up from here. So we'll see though. Yeah, it, it's really anybody's guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the only other thing, you know, that really kind of caught my attention this week, uh, was the NFTs. I did make a note here and I put WTF is happening. The one thing I saw, which I was like, are you flipping kidding me? Mm -hmm. Is I saw this ultra rare crypto punk that sold for 605 Ethereum. So 605 Ethereum, $761,000 this NFT sold for. So for the people who don't know what NFT is, uh, can, can you, I can't remember what NFT stands for. So, um, so NFT is, is non-fungible token. And what it is, is typically it's an asset, like a, it can be a piece of artwork. It can be a sound file. It can be an image. It can be anything and it can be put on the uh, on typically it's the Ethereum blockchain. So what a lot of artists are doing now is they're actually they're they're creating digital art and they're selling it as non fungible tokens. Mm -hmm. um, and you can actually send it to somebody else. I can send you one one non fungible token. But these crypto punks that are selling for this price are absolutely staggering. I cannot get over the fact that somebody paid six hundred and five Ethereum for one of these these things look like something from an 8-bit nintendo game yeah i mean it looks like it would have taken somebody f literally five minutes to make one um for reference g give out one of the websites that you're using for viewing these nfts i can't remember the name of so we can also put these in the show notes as well um but uh, the, the website you can check is, uh, it's Larva Labs, L-A-R-V-A labs.com and then forward slash CryptoPunks. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll add it to the show notes, but uh, it's just, it's amazing how much people are paying for these things. Yeah, I've seen, uh, it, it is kind of crazy. It does make me want to get in there and start making some art, but. <laughs> Me too. I want to. <laughs> I want to make so. I want to make five six hundred and five Ethereum. Mm -hmm. um, there's some serious capital flowing into these things right now. Why can't I just take a screenshot? You know, I could. I, then I would have a copy of it. Um, <laughs> but it's. But I think what it is when it comes to these non fungible tokens is the fact that uh, it, it's really kind of the underlying. You know, the artists that created it, the the creators of these uh, crypto punks. <clears throat> are actually well-known artists as well so you know that probably helps uh to to raise the price i'm sure yeah but my question about this is is the capital flow on these things even legitimate you know is this just a fancy way to uh um mm. so is it sort of is it a is it a way to money launder you know so i kind of mm. i kind of question you know like what's the legitimacy of these $761,000. And I kind of question that a little bit. Oh, yeah, that is something. Ooh, yeah. I have to put my mind on that one for a little bit. That's an interesting point. I actually didn't uh, pair the two together, but that's... All right. I think that takes us to the next topic, uh, which is the crypto question on Form 1040. Uh, this has been moved to the very top of the form and requires you to check yes on the infamous crypto tax question on page one if you purchase crypto during 2020. Uh, this language is not you. Okay, this language was not included in the previous draft instructions dated October 23rd, 2020. Uh, so we're going to discuss our thoughts uh, and what this might mean for folks this tax season. 
Uh, Warren, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? All right. So the infamous cryptocurrency tax discussion, lovely. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to, I don't think anybody in crypto wants to talk about it. Um, it's sort of the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe they moved the April, was it the April 15th tax filing has been moved or extended to uh, July 15th. And mm -hmm. I think they did that because of the COVID-19 outbreak. So um, so it gives us a little bit more time to uh, to anticipate how screwed we're going to be um, when it comes time to pay our taxes. I did want to stress on this is obviously this is not new. I mean, the tax discussion uh, in crypto is, is not new, um, it, but it, unfortunately, a lot of people just don't pay any attention to it. Um, the reason I think it was important to bring this up is because they did introduce what's called the uh, virtual currency tax question um, on the US tax form. And that was in 2019. Um, I don't think anybody really paid much attention to that um, because at, at, at the point when they originally put it in there, it was actually put into um, a section of the form where uh, a lot of people, a lot of people that were filing taxes, um, they just didn't really look at it. Um, but fast forward to now, and that specific type of question has been moved to, you know, sort of in plain sight to the very top of that, of, of, uh, uh, of that form. Prior to that, it was displayed on uh, Schedule 1. And again, most people really didn't look at Schedule 1. You know, do you have to check yes to that question? At any time in 2020, did you receive, send, uh, sell, or exchange, otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? The IRS came back and they said, because a lot of people were already saying, well, I didn't sell any of it. Um, I didn't trade it. Uh, you know, so the IRS was saying, okay, well, we better clarify this. And they did. And they said, actually, what we're saying is if you bought virtual currency, you should check yes. And, and, and because they know people aren't going to do that. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's clearly front and center. Um, you know, and, and I'll talk about just a second is we have these, these firms that the IRS has actually contracted with that has spent, the IRS has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on government contracts with these, uh, with these blockchain analytics companies. And mm -hmm. I think what worries me is the fact that, you know, every single transaction is trackable. Um, it, you know, despite what people want to believe, um, everything that's on the blockchain is trackable. So I recommend checking yes, if you bought it, which as we know, many people uh, probably still won't. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely uh, a little concerned about it, especially since they wanna know if you purchased any crypto, not if you um, gained any income or made any money from it so what, what what are they want you know i purchased it so what are they going to tax me on on my purchasable you know crypto all the different ones i, I don't even know how much money i've spent on crypto last year and this year I right no so idea. you know what does this ultimately trigger for cryptocurrency investors um right. so so what does this trigger you know does the does the irs come back and say okay well you just told us you bought it so now we want to see more detail um, you know, so that, that's my biggest question. And I think that's the thing that really is, and I haven't found any definitive answers on is, you know, what is that really going to mean later? You know, what's the dangers 
what are the dangers of not checking yes <laughs> <laughs> so you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't um, um i mean and, that's that, that's what it sounds like yeah i mean this is going to be a big year uh to tell what what this means i mean the obvious uh uh, effect of why this is uh, effect of why this is happening is because of these large inst institutional investors. Uh, I think taking place um, in the crypto sphere because uh, you know even BlackRock is showing that they saw uh, more than a five percent dip uh, in their in most of their hedge funds, um, leaving those investment firms and going other going elsewhere uh, to two places like uh, Coinbase and to, to purchase crypto. Um, so I think, uh, I, I think the IRS is starting to see the, the writing on the wall, the money going elsewhere. Um, and they're going to definitely want their cut. Uh, I don't think they're going to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Slide. They absolutely but are. It, it, the question, how are they, how are they planning to do this? Uh, Cause like I said, um, you know, every time I make a, a buy and sell trade, there, there's a gain and in, in a and a or gain or a loss. You know, there, this much went in, this much came out. Uh, with crypto, it's <laughs> it's all over the place. I you know, I bought Bitcoin, then I swapped it over to Ethereum, then I swapped it over to ADA. I don't know what the end result is. Ultimately, I think it's a gain. I'm pretty sure it's a gain. I mean, we do have those uh, different apps that we can use. I'm sure there's utilities out there that can show how much you know you paid in fees and versus how much you earned um but yeah, do they even have those instruments in place i mean did today once have i gone to the irs and got my taxes done and they asked about this crypto question so yeah so that's the thing like um so from what i'm seeing in in my experience uh, in the past couple of years with it is uh uh, right now because you know regulation is getting better but the problem is um, there's there, right now there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on the regulatory side of things. And it makes it super confusing um, when you go to file your taxes. But really at the end of the day, it's it's the IRS hoping um, that people are going to be honest enough to claim, you know, to claim their actual capital gains. Um, and, and it's just not happening. Um, I think people are just not, they're not taking it serious. And yeah. You know, the, but the way regulations are right now, I just, I think we're quite a ways away from that. I mean, but you know, the thing that's kind of, uh, that kind of scares me a little bit is you, you have, um, you know, like I said, blockchain analytics companies, like, you know, you've got Chainalysis, Elliptic, Cyphertrace. Um, and again, Chainalysis, uh, they had a multi-million dollar contract with the IRS. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, there's certainly, so the IRS and the government is certainly investing in these companies that can go back and they can, they can take a look at suspicious transactions on the blockchain. Yeah. Um, exchanges do report. Um, so Coinbase, you know, back in, uh, what was it, 2017, 16, um, they, they were forced by the IRS to report um, uh, I think it was a, a few thousand of their customers, oh. uh, Coinbase fought them tooth and nail to, to say, well, we don't want to do that. Um, but 
So exchanges do report. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of a, it, you know, it goes back to that question, you know, what are the dangers of not checking? Yes. You know, especially if you know uh, that you bought Bitcoin, it is one of those things, you know, um, I, my recommendation, I guess, would be for people to really look into uh, some specialized crypto text, you know, software packages that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, and there, and there are some pretty good ones, you know, there's, uh, and we'll, again, we can put this in the show notes, but there's, Zen Ledger, there's token tax, there's crypto trader tax. Um, but you know, you, you can actually plug your exchange information into these and, and it'll go through and it'll calculate, you know, what are, what's the potential uh, capital gains that you owe. So yeah. really, you know, it's better to play it safe. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, a little bit of education as well. Um, Long-term versus short-term capital gains. Um, I, I believe there was there was even rumors, and I think they were nothing more than rumors, that um, there was discussion that you know, would literally, in my opinion, would kill crypto, um, was that they wanted to actually tax unrealized gains. Um, and that would absolutely be, uh, that would be super detrimental to the industry yeah. if they ever did something like that. Yeah, that would actually be horrible because like, as kind of was going with what I was saying before is I know around about how much money I've, I've invested over the last year, but I could, I could easily get that wrong, you know, and be short a few thousand dollars and, you know, then what they're just going to tax me on money. I didn't actually spend or money that I lost. So, but there's a difference. Yeah. So there's a difference between like actually putting the effort in to try to claim it versus not putting the effort in and saying, I'm just not going to claim anything. Um, so I, you know, I think that, in, you know, when you get into the, when you get into the, uh, you know, the tax laws, it's kind of like the IRS looks at the, uh, the lack of even filing as a criminal offense, right? Mm. You could potentially, you could potentially uh, commit a federal crime in that versus, hey, you know, you did file, is it accurate? Maybe it's off by a couple thousand dollars, but the fact that you put the effort into filing, um, I think, you know, takes you out of that that potential problem of, of uh, you know, committing a federal crime. So, yeah. um, but, you know, that sort of brings us into the, the con you know, the, the next uh, thing, which I think is important, which is the, the most controversial thing that I've heard in a long time, the crypto wallet rule. Back in 2018, or I'm sorry, back in on December 18th of 2020, um, uh, I don't know if you recall this. Do you remember this, Brad? The um, Treasury Secretary Stephen Munchen was basically saying um, that that he was proposing that um, anybody that was uh, sending crypto or or wanting to withdraw crypto from an exchange or send crypto to somebody else, that receiving party had to divulge their identity. Um, I do remember that. So mm -hmm. to me, this was absolutely ludicrous. Um, this was proposed in like, I, th I think it was first proposed at December 18th of 2020. Um, thankfully, you know, it, with the Biden administration, which I believe is going to be positive for crypto, but put a freeze on this specific rule, which was which awesome. Um, so as it stands now, it's um, in, in being looked at closer. So hopefully it never goes anywhere. If you think about um, you know, you think about going back to that 1040 question in, in something like the crypto wallet rule becomes a reality. It's like your identity is tied to every single wallet that you own. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have no way to refute 
you know, anything that the IRS comes back and says, well, you know, we saw that you withdrew it to this address. Their privacy implications that I think are beyond, are beyond ridiculous. Um, yeah. So hopefully it'll, it'll never go anywhere. Yeah, um, hopefully. And, you know, the Biden administration, I think, you know, um, I think there's some positive things there. Um, you know, you have the um, Joe Biden added uh, Gary Gensler. He's going to end up leading the SEC. The cool thing about that is this guy's pro-crypto, pro-regulation, um, which I think is what crypto needs, but I think in a good way because he actually understands the blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, he taught courses at MIT, blockchain courses, which I think is absolutely cool. Um, and, and even with that, I think we might even, there's a possibility we might see an exchange traded fund for Bitcoin. With, like um, on Wall Street, you talk about? Like yeah, I think, I, I mean, that's been sort of a, a um, that's been talked about for a long time. It's like, is, is there going to ever be a crypto traded, exchange traded uh, fund for Bitcoin? And I mean, it's talked about over and over and over again, but it's never come to uh, any material. Um, the other thing that Joe Biden did was he added uh, Chris uh, Broomer, um, which uh, he's going to actually chair the CFTC, which I think is another big thing. Um, but this guy's written books in, on cryptocurrency. Janet Yellen is a question mark. I, I don't know what she's going to do. I think she's promising to make regulations more effective, but that remains to be seen. Uh, I don't know. One of the things she she said is she need you know she sees benefit in cryptocurrency, but you know she's she's saying that we need to curtail. Uh, illicit use of cryptocurrency. But the reality is there was like less than 1% of illicit use with cryptocurrency. But I think mm -hmm. we were talking about this before is like, how do they, how do they really know that? Right. So overall, I feel as though it's, it's a positive shift in power. Um, mm. But at the end of the day, let's face it, you know, th th this is government. Who knows? I mean, who yeah. knows where we'll be in six months with the, with the with the Biden administration? I do think it's a positive thing, though. Um, and I, and one other thing I did want to mention on that is um, with regulation. Um, I just I wanted to point out because I think a lot of people are thinking, well, crypto doesn't really have any. It's a wild wild west. Um, but there is there is regulation in cryptocurrency. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a myth that uh, that people really do need to dispel. Honestly. Um, that it's unregulated. But because if you look at companies like uh, Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, um, some of these big, uh, some of these massive exchanges, they spend millions of dollars on compliance every single year. And right. they're spending it on compliance for a reason. <laughs> I mean, it's just right. like any other bank or financial institution. So, so obviously there is some regulation that might steer away away some people that are new and want to get involved in it is thinking i i want to be involved in something you know that's that is actually regulated so there is mm -hmm. yeah i mean it, it is kind of interesting that if it's not regulated then you know what happened to mount gox what happened to um bit instant you know right. What, right. why were they um taken down and and some of them gone to prison uh, for not licensing, you know, exactly. If, if it wasn't regulated and it was just the wild west, how were they, how is Coinbase even functioning? Uh, how are these large Gemini companies? Uh, somebody's uh, got an eye on them. Somebody's pulling uh, data from their clientele. So obviously, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, regulators, you know, regulations is, is slow to catch up, but it is catching up. Um, and, and it'll be, I think, you know, I think it depends a lot on the administration. I think we're going to see some positive things with uh, some of the members of the Biden administration. Well, I, I definitely think the reason we're seeing the increases in, in the prices that we're seeing is because there is a telltale sign uh, writing on the wall of a lot of people who have a lot of money. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they're identifying it um, before the really before it really starts hitting the mainstream and, and then everybody who can purchase is purchasing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's definitely a telltale sign, especially, uh, with the prices that we're seeing across the board. So one of the things I think would be cool to add for each show. And, uh, I, I was talking, uh, to Brad about this and I see this a lot. So, uh, is, is, you know, what is the current market cap? Um, you know, how does the market cap look like uh, when you compare it to uh, uh, from cryptocurrency to more traditional things like gold? So I think it's cool just to mention it quick. Um, so this was I got this number uh, a little bit earlier today, um, but the Bitcoin market cap currently sits at six hundred and fifteen billion, six hundred fifteen point seven six billion, um, and the gold market cap is sitting at eleven point. 837 trillion. So Bitcoin is 5.2% of gold's market cap. And what I think is really cool is I think Bitcoin eventually, and I think a lot of people think Bitcoin eventually is going to surpass gold. You do the math. That is, um, I think that's going to eventually be a staggering price for Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people who are taking, um, you know, what, what Bitcoin's compared to, which is uh, the gold market and and uh adjusting um you know the the volume uh for the market cap of of gold with you know with it being at five percent if you were to move bitcoins uh market cap into the vicinity of gold it would be close to what was the number five hundred thousand dollars per coin five hundred five hundred million no, I'm I mean, sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm thinking market cap still. You're thinking market cap. Yeah. yeah 500,000. Yeah. 500,000 per coin. 500,000 per, per coin. If we were to reach gold's market cap, which I mean, I, I, I guess that's, that's possible. Oh, I think it's going to surpass gold's market cap. Yeah. You, so Bitcoin, you think is going to surpass, uh, what gives you that impression? I'm, I'm curious. Well, let me ask you this. So let, let's say you live in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I live here in the States and I, and I want to send you, let's say I want to send you $500. Well, am I going to send you $500 in gold, which is going to take, I don't know, it's got to go through customs. It's, it's got to, it's yeah. got to go through all these checkpoints and mm-hmm. it's going to cost money for shipping. And you might get it, you might get it in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, or, or here's the thought. Let me send you $500 in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. said it cost me a dollar and you're going to get it in about a half hour right so i think it is it's digital gold it's mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't using bitcoin that way but let's face it it is the future of 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 finance that's why i think gold yeah sure gold's still being used in things like cell phones and whatever else but i think at the end of the day i think having something like bitcoin 
-hmm. and being able to send and actually being able to transact in it. I think that's why it surpasses gold's market cap. I mean, if you really think about it and you think far into the future, you know, farther than what most people can really reach, um, it makes sense for it to, to bypass gold. Uh, I think a lot of people can't let go of the, the fact that gold's a tangible item, right? Um, well, my ledger. I've never held a gold bar in my life. <laughs> my, my ledger's a tangible item. True. <laughs> I mean. Right. Right. But then you have these, but, you know, you have these gold bugs that'll be like, oh, but I have this card. I have this card. So technically I can use it. You know, I can well, buy something with it. Gold, you know, gold is is the backup for the dollar. So, you know, it, yes, a dollar is a paper, but it gets backed up by by gold because gold's a, a tangible. Oh, no, item. not not anymore. We're off the gold standard now. True. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was it? Like what's, what's what's the what what holds gold's value then? I think it's just like anything else. It's what people think it's worth. And also it's what companies are, are paying for it because, you know, they're putting it in products, you know, that's being used in certain things, but I, I don't even like gold. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I like silver better. Um, uh. But really at the end of the day, I, I, I just think that, um, I just think that Bitcoin is, is um, well, any digital currency uh, quite frankly is, it's so much easier to transact with. Um, and, and the oh, thing yeah. is, it, it, you know, cash is, it, let's face it, like, you know, your Visa card or whatever you have, um, you can, obviously you can still transact with that, but it's backed by, it's backed by a fiat currency, which mm -hmm. is losing value constantly, right? So that's the piece that I think is different. Um, it's not, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, you can mine it, but but nobody can just decide to make more of it um mm -hmm. like right. they can with 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 fiat currency where people are just going to continue to print it uh governments are going to continue to print it if they're if they need things for, for financial stimuluses and and the list goes on i mean uh, i think in the past uh what was in the past couple like in the past year even with the covid 19 i think you know the the government's printed trillions of dollars um, so think about what that actually does to the value. It just mm -hmm. continues to go. The value of it just continues to decrease. Hey, I'm going to buy something with my Visa card. Um, well, sure, I can buy that pair of sneakers next year too, but you know the price is going to be more expensive because everything's it, it, it's based on the dollar. Um, so final thoughts, I guess, to wrap it up. What do you keep? What are you going to be looking at this, uh, watching this week, Brad? Um, you know, I think this is definitely going to be an interesting week. Um, you know, the, the, the last four weeks, five, five, six weeks have been really interesting weeks, uh, for, I think just about everything, uh, in circulation, uh, you could have uh, jumped on anything, um, two months ago and you would have had a profit today. Um, there has been a little bit of stagnation over the last week, um, but I think uh, my eyes are really focused on Ethereum and Cardano. I keep hearing these circulate across all different kinds of boards and then YouTube channels. And uh, there's just a lot of focus on these two coins right now. Um, I know we talked about Chainlink. Chainlink is another one that I will be paying attention to this week. Um, but specifically Ethereum and Cardano, especially with Ethereum um, reaching uh, its all-time highs today. 
um, and Cardano uh, just being a popular coin right now. I think a lot of people are talking about it and uh, it's got a low evaluation price right now. So it'd be a good entry um, for today, I think. So uh, I, I'm, I'm putting a, a little bit uh, in both, uh, but keeping a specific eye on Ethereum. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Chainlink. That's that's at the top of my list. Of course, I got to keep an eye on Ethereum, but I'm just going to keep an eye on DeFi in general. I think in general, there um, there's so much going on with it right now. But yeah, definitely Chainlink. Um, and by the way, uh, Chainlink actually um, displaced Litecoin and took seventh place right now. Um, oh, so interesting. Um, at least it was earlier today. I don't know if it's if that's still the case. I'll have to take um, a look. Yeah. So yeah, so so actually, uh, the flipping in is happening. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, I gotta definitely keep an eye on on Chainlink. Um, the other one that I find is really kind of interesting, and I'm keeping an eye on it is Uni. Uh, Uniswap oh. is absolutely on fire right now. And so you brought Uniswap to my attention about eight months ago, I think. Um, and of course, it just came out. Uh, it hit those all-time highs of like six dollars, and then it dropped down to what three? Three dollars, yeah. And now it's at what eleven? Now it's at eleven. Uh, earlier today it was at eleven dollars and fifty-three cents. I mean, and it did that in it, it went from three to eleven, I think, in a week. Um, yeah, so I'm keeping an eye on that. Uh, one inch is another one to keep an eye on. Sushi Swap is another one to keep an eye on. You know, the 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 DeFi assets. Um, mm -hmm. So I think these are these have a lot of potential for movement. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. DeFi assets definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. I, I'll um, be paying attention to those as well. Uh, one thing. One quick thing before we go, I wanted to shout out to crypto devs. Um, I really think without them, a lot of this wouldn't be possible. And the reason I mentioned that is because Craig Wright, um, probably everybody's seen it, um, but he has a lawsuit threatening threatening many, many uh, Bitcoin devs and, and companies that are hosting the Bitcoin white paper. And the guy is just plain ridiculous. So anyway, I just wanted to shout out to all crypto devs. Um, keep up the good work. <laughs> yes. All right. Nice. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be back here next week uh, with some new segments. Um, anything to leave off with besides crypto devs? No, I think I'm good. All right. It's well, been fun. Warren, yeah, appreciate you. Thank you very much. We'll be getting back together here in about a week. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And don't forget to hit the, uh, the like and subscribe. That's right. Thank you for watching. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Later. Later.